You are listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we are back. We got Jim. We got Tyler. It's Thursday. It's 2022. What's up? I'm just here so I don't get fined. You you look it. I'll give it to I'll give it to Tyler. He's uh he's here in the dark, but he's he's got COVID, so he's like he's he's pushing through it. Bring the CDC, I'm free. My quarantine's over. There you go. So um, you do by the look of your camera, it doesn't look like your quarantine's over. <laughs> He's he's locked in a dungeon in an undisclosed location. Seriously. Let me just say, I wish I would have got sick during the 10-day quarantine because going back to work sucks. I think COVID, the worst part is like once you're not sick anymore and you're just like tired. It sucks. I mean, do you just feel like drained? Is that what it is? Yeah. Just exhausted. Like so much you can't even stand up, turn on the light switch, tired? The light switch is on, but for some reason it's just dark in here. Dude, I don't know. (laughs) Does your light have COVID? (laughs) Like, bro, it's on. What did you just show us? The light. That's that's your light for the entire room? Well, no wonder no, it looks like, like that. I've got like three in here, but I don't want to get up and get the other ones. I mean, I have one light in this room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, like it's an old house. What do you want from me? It's got the wax burning over there. Right. <laughs> no, just piss off. Fair enough. Go talk about go talk about some sixteen year old kids. Pause. Know what we're what? Doing. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I mean, relax, chill. <laughs> we'll talk about some 16-year-old pirate signings. There we go. I mean, we do have a show coming up. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Again, there's no baseball. But yes, the international signing period is coming up on January 15th. We'll talk a little bit of pirates news in that sense. MLB and MLBPA did connect today. So baseball's back, right? <laughs> Probably further away. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like they accomplished much today. Well, let's start with that. Let's start with baseball, because that's the big picture, right? The, the international signings are cool, but it doesn't really mean much if there's no baseball to play, right? So let's talk about this meeting today that, that took place. The uh, the holidays came up, right? I think that when was the last meeting? December second is that when it was? Third? Um, was it that long ago? I thought this was like a twenty day hiatus type thing. So I think it was it was like right before Christmas. I thought. When did Ethan come on? <laughs> it feels like it feels it's, like two months ago. It's been a while. Thought I left you. Without a dope beat to step to. 
No. Step yeah. two. Step two. Step two. Come on, guys. We'll figure out this. <laughs> when was this date? Anyway, it's been since then. They said they're going on holidays. They're not gonna. They're not gonna come together. Then, it, like January first came, and it was pretty much announced. Like, oh, we still have no intentions of coming together. So that kind of left me hanging. Like, what's going on here? They finally do today. They came together, guys. Was there any positive out of this? No. I mean, it sounds like it was just basically Major League Baseball presented an offer. Players Association fielded the offer. Clearly, they're not just agreeing to it. And so now we'll see the counter, I guess. But, um, you know, haven't seen all the details of it, but, you know, a few things have come out. But, I mean, it's for, it's, it seems like the Players Association wasn't too thrilled with with the offer. And it, by the looks of it, it sounds like the owners aren't necessarily in much of a hurry to really cave in to anything. So that's a yeah, bummer. Jim, they offered to lower free agency to five years. Like, that's, that's a big give. No, they didn't. I would say so. That was the one thing that they are not doing. I thought they said they did. That's like they, they said that's like the one thing that they absolutely will not do. I swear I saw something that said they go ahead and talk. I'm looking. I swear Bless I saw you. that though. <laughs> Thank you. Uh no, what did they what did they talk about? I didn't hear what Tyler said actually. What were they discussing? Um, the, the the five years instead of six years for free agency. Oh From what I read. That's just completely okay. off the table. Not something owners will do whatsoever. That's yeah. That's that was the way I took it as well. That was not in the proposal. Yeah. There was a proposal to like give more money to players in year two to three, mm-hmm. but not get players closer to free agency. Um, the December second. That was the work stoppage. By the way, that wasn't last meeting. That's what I was thinking of in my head. That's when the lockout actually began. Um, but I don't know the actual date of the last meeting, but that's, that sounds about right. So it's probably like the middle, like the 15th, something around there, the last time they met. But um, I don't know. Like, I'm not the one that was expecting that they're going to come together and like baseball is going to be back, of course. I mean, we know how negotiations are going to go. We understand how far mm-hmm. apart they are to begin with, and both sides kind of hate each other <laughs> to a degree. So I wasn't yeah. expecting this to be like, uh, let's come together and get it done type of thing. But like it just makes me believe just how far apart they really are. I, I I didn't it didn't seem like there was too many chips put on the table by MLB. It was like, oh, okay, fine, we'll just give you a couple more cents on the dollar. Knowing knowing damn well the players association wasn't gonna mm-hmm. attempt like they don't want any of this. Like to me, this wasn't an attempt of really trying. This was uh okay, we'll we'll we're gonna play this out. It's gonna be a long, drawn out process. Here's your first little bit of our 10-step plan, basically. We all know what's going to happen. We're just going to get back to regular baseball, and not much is going to change. At most, we get DHs. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of all of this, it sounds like not a whole lot is going to change. I, I agree with Tyler there. Um, you know, we're not going to see any widespread changes. Um, there may be some some little things here and there, but 
I, I really don't think the owners have any interest whatsoever in changing from the status quo. And they are in a position really where, you know, you talk about the dynamic of the two sides, right? You know, you have how many members of a player's association? There's 40 man rosters times 30 teams. You know, there's 1,200 members of the players association, right? Well, there's only 30 owners. So it's a lot easier for 30 billionaires to, to come to an agreement on something um, than it is for 1,200 people, all from different backgrounds. Some are, some, some don't speak English. Some make buku, buku dollars. They're making $20, $30 million a year. Some are making minimum wage. In the Major League Baseball, they're making 500000 So, you know, you've got a huge range of, you know, diverse individuals in the players' union. At some point, you're probably going to see the players give in just because there's 1,200 of them. And, like, at some point, it's going to skew that more than half of them are going to want to go back to playing and receiving paychecks, whereas the owners all have, you know, net worths of somewhere around a billion dollars or so. They're not in a hurry. They're all in agreement. They know what they want. They don't want anything to change. So they're they're in no hurry to, to, to do anything that would cause a big change. Yeah, I truly feel it's one thing. Like the owners do have a lot of power in this, unfortunately. But it's just like you said, Jim. You know, we discussed these aren't really even like these aren't sports organizations anymore. It's a whole conglomerate. You know, they're sports teams, they're real estate companies that they're all this, you know, their entertainment business, you know, they have all this, all these streams of money coming in from elsewhere that as 2020 proved, it's not, they, they really need baseball. You know, if, if there's some missed time in the season, Oh, well they'll claim poor and they'll tell you about all the losses they mm-hmm. took. It's just one stream of revenue that didn't come in as much as it did before. But these guys are making money all over the place. And like you said, Jim, too, like if they really, really were hurting and if they really, really needed to, they could just sell off the rest of BAM tech, you know, mm-hmm. the players are the ones that have already hurt in 2020. They've, you know, they lost salary, they reduced salary. They finally got a full season under their belt last year. And now they're going back in the situation where we could be out of money again. I understand that these sides are far apart and, you know, apparently the players association has money put away so they can go ahead and wait out a little bit here, but ultimately who can afford to lose that paycheck at the end of the day, it's the owners. So if there's a side that can say, let's go ahead and wait this out. Let's play hardball all the way to end till one side caves in with Tyler in his cave there. It's the owners. The players are going to balk at some point and say, we, we need to put food on our table. And I say that, you know, relatively speaking, but they have to, they need a paycheck. They've gone for how long without one? So you're right. And that's partly what I, you know, like the, this proposal today, like show me, there was not much movement at all. I really, really feel the owners are just going to be like, we're going to drag this out. They didn't put many chips on the table at all today. So how motivated are the players to get back and just accept something to play baseball again? And not to mention the owners hold all the chips in just terms of payroll. 
you know, if they don't have a season, they're just going to suppress wages and even more. And it's just going to hurt the players more in the long run. True. They hold literally all the chips. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I'm just reading Jeff Passan's article here. It really sounds like there's just like three things, basically, that Major League Baseball brought to the table. Um, and, and I don't know, we'll get into the details of them. But I mean, one of them in particular, I actually kind of like, you know, um, you know, actually, I, I like I like a couple things that they propose. It's just, you know, is it enough? Right. Um, I, that that I don't know. But uh, it, it sounds like the owners aren't like these aren't widespread changes like a lot of people are talking about and hoping that happens. You know, these are these are little tweaks here and there that, uh, you know, overall, I don't think the players the players are wanting more than this. What were the but I didn't get to read all the proposals. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like there's three main things. So the first, the first issue um, had to do with um, minimum, the minimum salaries. So major league baseball did offer to raise the minimum salaries. Um, and then also um, increase super two, I believe. Hold on, let me go in here. Um, I know there was a whole incentive uh, of like giving draft yeah. picks to teams. Well, that's a, that's the second piece. So, but the first part was just raising minimum salaries, which I think we all agree probably needs to happen. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a figure of what that is. I think right now minimum salaries are five hundred thousand dollars. You know, Ethan probably correct me there. It's around there. But, you know, that's it's about that. So who knows what exactly they mean by raising minimum salaries. Um, the the second piece that they were talking about uh, had to do with uh, service time manipulation. So this I actually found interesting because just the fact that they are bringing this up is them admitting that they manipulate service time. Um, but they basically said that it, they're going to they incent they're incentivizing teams not to manipulate service time by rewarding them with a draft pick if they take and this is i mean it, it's weird but if a if they have a top 100 prospect this is what on, i read earlier yeah and they're on the opening day roster and that person wins the rookie of the year or finishes in the top 3 of mvp or cy young within their first 3 seasons that team will be awarded a draft a, a, a draft pick. I think that's absolutely <laughs> stupid. So then it's like, okay, well, I will say this: like draft picks are are things that that teams hold near and dear to their heart. Like they love them, right? There's a few reasons why you love additional draft picks. One, it increases your your bonus pool, right? You have more money to spend, so you can increase the amount of talent going into your organization. You know on that particular draft we saw that last year with the pirates right they had the largest bonus pool in major league baseball they spent it all and they were able to bring this influx of talent into their system that they wouldn't have been able to do so without that bonus pool um, so an extra pick gives you more money to spend um, an extra pick also gives you another chance to pick a top player right so like there's there's some there's it's an incentive like i'll give them that it, it is incentive like is it you got to think you, you balance it out. Like if you're the pirates, 
and you say, okay, I really think O'Neill Cruz has a shot of winning National League Rookie of the Year. Is it worth the shot to start him on opening day for a chance to get a draft pick? How many teams are going to take that chance? How many won't? I don't know. That's where, you know, I guess we'd have to see this in practice. But like, I feel like the Pirates would be like, okay, this is interesting. You know, an additional draft pick. I think most teams would be interested in that. Um, so you just kind of weigh it. Is is the chance at the draft pick more valuable than retaining your top prospect for an additional year? That's all well and good, but the way we get from point A to point B is just absolutely stupid. <laughs> um, right. Like, and, and like basing it yeah. upon a bunch of writers' votes who can pretty much just manipulate it however they want. Well, it's just dumb. You're basing it on writers' votes, but also implementing it on some particular set of scouts' votes. You know, like who quantifies the top 100? Is do we go by pipeline? Yeah, I'm sure it would be pipeline because that's it's, it's branded pipeline, is. right? Yeah. So, so yeah. like it that that just seems very that that's where to me like it's dumb too, even dumber in that sense. I'm okay. I'm more okay with the writers voting on it than no, that's stupid. A set too. of people predicting who these top 100 are because now, granted, I mean they're good at their job. Like I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing on anyone and telling them they're dumb and they're stupid, but you, we, ha- we, ha- there's a reason why there's like four different lists out there and they all vary. And they also vary because some weight potential more than they weight like what they have right now and stuff. So, and it's like, and, and who in the actual organizations use pipeline or these in their own rankings and such. So it seems very like just, just, you're just throwing darts at the wall and saying, these are the top 100. And and I'm sorry, I just got to say this because this makes me laugh yeah. now, right? Because we're we're now taking these things into real life situations. Remember when the draft came and we had to hear about all the people how well Ben Charrington's paying these guys to like you know put put yeah. these guys at this yeah. ranking and that ranking to leverage this and that. So like I can't wait to start hearing how you know Ben Charrington's paying to have his prospects out of the top 100. So therefore, he can manipulate service time. <laughs> I was like, I forget who tweeted it out, but um, some someone was like, <laughs> I can just see Matt Vasgersian right now saying, "Well, Harold Reynolds, I'm really surprised that Bobby Wood Jr. was left out of this year's top 100 list." <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like O'Neill Cruz would be the perfect but, example. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a lot of swing and miss, and there's never been a, a shortstop that yes. tall before. I don't like him. He's the 101st prospect for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's flawed. Don't get me wrong; it's a flawed idea. I do like. I mean, I I'm all for trying to figure out a way to incentivize teams to have their best players up at any particular time. But then, like I said, it just goes back to you've got to incentivize winning. Like you have to you have to incentivize winning, and you have to penalize losing like that's that's how you do this right that's how you make a competitive league and nothing that they brought to the table today does that i mean as far as as far as you know 
driving competition. That's the players union main gripe right now is there's too many teams out there that are literally trying to lose. And so the teams that are trying to lose have no interest in spending any money on their, on their union, on their union members. Right. So they've got a problem with them. And, and the pirates are a main culprit, right? Like the pirates have no interest in spending a lot of money right now. And that's an issue. Like the pirates have no, they're not trying to win. They are, they're trying to lose as many baseball games as possible. And that is not good for the overall competition of the sport. And it's not in the player's best interest because they aren't getting paid what they should because instead of 30 teams, you know, trying to get high quality players, now you only have 20 teams. Even 20 might be pushing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Which, by the but way, so some catching up to do. Yeah. Ethan did. Ethan's here. He's live and present with baby I, I on shoulder. So once again, also congratulations, Ethan, on the baby. Yes. Congrats, Ethan. But he does state, yes, so the minimum salary is 570500 That was close. That was You're close. close. Just off by $70,000. They'd bump it up to six hundred. Right. Yeah, watch that be what the what the proposal was. <laughs> 570 <laughs> to 600 Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. We raised I mean, it for you. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue here. The, the issue here is how do you incentivize winning? How do you penalize losing? Like there, there needs to be ways. You can't be rewarded for losing. Can't be rewarded That's... for losing as often as teams have to lose Correct. to stay competitive or to become competitive. Because in the Pirates' minds, they need to be bad for three to four years in order to have maybe two okay years where they might have a shot at getting to like an NLDS. So there's a balance that there's no way they're going to strike ever. And we're just going to be stuck in the same old boat. And what I want to say too, about this whole thing is, yeah. I mean, I at least appreciate the creativity from MLB on this. You know, I, I, I honestly, I do. It's, it wasn't executed well. Get high and do this, this is like the perfect, I mean, this has like Manfred, like written all over it. Right. It was creative. You thought of something different. You just executed it terribly. So, so again, like how do we end service manipulation? Yeah. It's a good idea. It is a good idea. Like we're going to reward picks. I could see, like you said, the pirates like, okay, no, it's day one. Let's have Rones in here and let's have Cruz. Like, let's do it. These guys saw some time last year. Let's have them here from day one. Not worry about it. We're not trying, but at least they're here. And maybe not so much for the team, like the pirates, because we know they're still going to be pretty, pretty bad. But what about that team? That's like maybe somewhat on the cusp. And what if they had that player from day one because they weren't worrying about manipulation? Maybe only need like two or three games to get in the playoffs. And, you know, you're sitting with Wander Franco and those two months end up being those two wins that you needed, you know? So, like, I could feel it, it, it helping out that team to stay competitive. Like the one that's on the kind of the cusp, the border. You know, maybe they've got a few more wins than they expected. That player was there from day one. They gave them even a few more wins. And now they're like in the thick of things. Uh, for the Pirates, I think it's just good that your stars are playing and they're starting to get paid from day one, too. It's just the way they go about it. That's just dumb. Yeah. Sorry, it's just dumb. Rob. If you really want... you really, I feel like if you really want to get rid of the service time issue, 
your first year you come up, it's just a year of service time. That way we're not picking pick and choosing when they come up and when the cutoff is. First time you're up, that's a year. So I was thinking of that, but then you could also manipulate it in another way. You know, let's say if it's September and you know, you have a you have a player go down and you need to call somebody up, and there's clearly a guy who should be called up, but you don't call him up because you don't want to use an entire year of service time on 30 days, right? I don't I don't really know. Like at some point you just have to teams just have to want to win. <laughs> like wanting to win has to be the most important thing. And right now that's not the case. Like wanting to win and wanting to put the best product on the field isn't the most important thing and that's the issue. I know you said, you know, you appreciate the creativity here. The one thing that makes me laugh about this whole thing is Major League Baseball is basically proposing to the players union that <laughs> they should be rewarded for for doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like it's <laughs> like hey, I'm doing what I'm do. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing what you you know wanted me to do, so I'm going to reward myself now, right? Um <laughs> so it's it's a complete it's very flawed. And I said, it just, it, it goes down to the, the teams have to, the, the number one priority should be putting the best field, putting the best players on the field every night. And that's not the priority. The other thing that you can eliminate is the whole like April, whatever date it is anymore, where you get the extra year. That's just, well, yeah, it's like, it's like 170 days of service yeah, time. It's just yeah, dumb. It's, 172. Ethan probably correct me on the exact number there. That'll He's waiting. Fix it. That's we got that YouTube delay. He'll be here in a few yeah. seconds. Yeah. I think it's 100. I, like I want to say it's 170 or something. So. They got to miss like two weeks and they get an extra year. Like, well, yeah. I feel yeah. like if I you mean, just eliminate that, you can kind of meet in the middle on the free agency thing. Because now there's no more seven years four years of arbitration maybe 172 days so 170 so there's 187 days in a year 172 gives you a full year so so yeah 15 days you have to be if you're off the active roster for 15 days you're you're good you're you're less than a year and we've seen them both ways too like we see players go down for the all-star break you know like the manipulation there, because they're not going to play for a few days, right? We got the week off. So it's like, all right, we'll burn these 10 days to get you down the miners and take away service time. I, I, I laugh at that part too. Well, so we haven't seen that in a while, I feel like, but, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty, that's blatant right there. Yeah. But like you said, Jim, it's, it's stuff there. that these teams tell you that they're not doing. We're not manipulating at all. However, we'll incentivize you for not doing the stuff that you're not doing, <laughs> apparently. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that, that was the second piece of it. Um, the third piece of it looks like it has to do with the, uh, the draft and just kind of tweaking how, um, how that works. Um, Major League Baseball proposed uh, like a three-team lottery. Um, but also that you were not eligible for the lottery 
in three consecutive seasons. So this I kind of like, right? This is kind of bringing back to remember what I had said before, where like if you finish in the bottom percentage or whatever, a certain amount of years in a row, like you you lose that pick. That that kind of accomplishes this here where, you know, you you can't get a top three pick, you know, in three consecutive seasons, essentially. Um, so I like that. I would rather that be almost widened a little bit, like maybe the six teams or eight teams, maybe six teams, six. I feel like six teams are fine. You know, if you top 24, finish in the top 24, at least once. Um, but I, I like this concept <laughs> because it, because it's gonna like teams, teams will do whatever they can to not suck three years in a row like just completely tank all right guys this is year we got to try to win 70 games yeah i mean you look at the pirates right now yeah if you look at the pirates well i guess the pirates finished pirates finished fourth so they're they're there you go or were they third wait no orioles rangers diamond diamondbacks so they're fourth right I don't even remember. 26. You know, I mean, it, honestly, it's it's end. it's crazy how <laughs> we went on this like, little hiatus, and it's crazy how it feels yeah. like it's been three months. Yeah, I, I want to say we have the fourth pick, but yeah, I, it, you're right. We haven't talked about the Pirates in a month or so, and so it's it's not uh, God, it's not fresh great. in our minds. Um, but yeah, just like so, the, so that's Major League Baseball's proposal: is don't finish in the bottom three three years in a row. I said I'd like to see that extended a little bit. And the players union, steps. the players union offered apparently they countered at uh, an eight team lottery that was like that, um, but ownership recountered with the three again. So looks like they're not that's looking not, to. That's looks, not exactly a recounter. Yeah, <laughs> looks like they're not looking to. They're not looking to budge off of that three number. Yeah, so so by the way, just so you do know it, yes, it is the fourth pick that they have uh in 2022. Yeah. So they probably did it just for the Pirates so that they, they could suck again this year. So good. <laughs> Nutting wasn't he was not budging from that. <laughs> yeah. But I guess uh I mean Baltimore might be in trouble there, like if this were to you know go into effect. Do you think it would be retroactive or would it start from? I don't. I feel like it couldn't be retroactive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So theoretically, Baltimore, Baltimore could lose like three more times and have like you yeah, know because Baltimore seven picked, top four picks. Although Baltimore, I think picked five. Cowser was what like number five overall this that past year. So I think their well twenty was. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. That weird year. So. Yeah, so everybody's good. So based off of this, so so basically they proposed nothing that would penalize any team right now, which I think there's clearly some issues with teams like the Orioles and the Pirates. Hey, I mean, you're not wrong. And like one thing I wanted to say in yeah. regards to that is I'm with you too. I I like the idea of this. I really do. I think it's the right direction just because of the way the sport is, the nature of it, and just... I think three is too little as well. I don't want to go like the whole NBA draft route. But what are your thoughts 
on that. I know it's not even proposed, but just, just some thoughts. I mean, like that nothing was guaranteed. I mean, the NHL does that too, right? It's a draft. It's a lottery. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on a lottery type of situation? Would that even enhance this more or would you just rather it stay the same, but just the top three, four, five, six, whatever it is, you can only do for three years and that's it. I think it, the lottery is fine, but I, you can't go the full NBA and NHL route where like every team's team is in the in lottery. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then that's just too many for baseball. When, because in those sports, half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I would be more in favor of something that penalizes being in those bottom teams consecutive seasons than a lottery. Like, I, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to a lottery system. Why not but, both? Yeah, I mean, why not both? both? I'm fine with that, too. But I think what I, I would definitely lean more towards if you suck multiple years in a row, you, you lose a pick. You lose that pick. That that would be what I would lean more towards. I feel like that's too harsh. But I feel like the penalty is you you do pick outside. So, you know, I mean, just if you want to make it the top six teams, then everyone just slides up and you're picking number seven now. And that's just what it is. Because, like, to lose out on a pick... Uh, I, I know, be, I know, Jim, it. but there's all, I just still, okay, so I have the empathy for the team that ends up being the Cleveland Browns of MLB, and they're trying their hardest, Jim, like they're not manipulating, they're out here spending $300 million every year, but you know, they have the ghost of Dave Stewart as their GM, and he just can't put this thing together, and they're just awful. Like that's not who this trying, is out there to no. to hurt, you know? Yeah. So, but hey, that's hey. Then get it, a better get a better manager. I get it. Team. No, no, no. I get like, it. I just I don't want to take away a pick. I mean, that, to me, that's that's too harsh. It's just you're not gonna you're not gonna collect and stock up your top sixes. You're now number seven. Yeah, I don't think you get the MOBPA on really on board with losing picks either. Oh, I think you Just definitely take, would. I don't know if you do. I mean, why would they? Care? I don't. I don't know if. Mm, so, what if you lose the pick? Do you also lose the slot money? I could see that being the issue. Yeah. Oh no. Why would? Why would they care? Major League well, Baseball they, players. They don't care about minor league. Doesn't care about the draft at all. They care about teams wanting to win, and if if taking away draft picks is going to accomplish that, then they'll be all for it. No, the MLBPA cares about the Major League Baseball players. They give zero shits about the minor leaguers, which True. that's right. their job. Yeah. But still, at the end of the day, that's your feeder system. I don't know. The more I think about it, I think I'm more on Jim's side here that they wouldn't really care. Because that's like, that, that's like that's three, four, five million dollars out of a team's pocket. But again, yeah, that's like some minor leaguer that they're not really worried yes. about right now. And yeah, the chances are that person is not going to be part of the MLBPA, MLBPA in the future anyways. Yeah, but, so Okay, but that's still just more money in the owner's pockets. I don't have to spend it on draft pick this year. Well, it's not that they don't have... Uh, no, I mean, the owners owners want to want the draft picks because that's where the value's at. Like, getting a top-tier player into your system for $3 million 
is a good deal. <laughs> like that, that's, that's a good deal. Yeah. You, Steve you Cohen. To, you, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Cohen was like, I'm, I, I want, <laughs> I want these picks. Like it's, it, it's, it's positive value out of these picks. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I feel like that's, you've got to punish, you've got to punish the teams and incentivize them to not just tank year after year. And the only way you're going to do that is by taking stuff away from them. And the easiest way to do that is take away, is take away the pick. No one's going to be affected by this. The players aren't going to be affected by this at all. There's still going to be a number five overall pick. It's just the team that finished sixth worst is going to get it. There's still going to be the same amount of picks in the draft. Like nothing changes as far as the number of people picked. It's just one team doesn't get that pick. Everybody just bumps up. Yep. Well, then technically there wouldn't be the same amount of picks. But you're you're not losing the number third player in the draft. You're losing so, the number. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So know. Maybe there's one less. Tenth you're losing Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, right. Creating a new Mister Irrelevant. Right, and all those people are getting signed to unsigned free agent deals, anyways. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just getting at. Like, I I do appreciate the draft one too. I think that makes a lot of sense, and I do anticipate we will see some changes in the draft like this. Um, I'm with the MLPPA. Like, I think you are, Jim. I mean, I feel like more than three because in the grand scheme of things, money is probably the biggest positive difference, right? But like the difference between the pick number one and pick number four might not be a whole lot because just the way prospects go, right? We talk about like in the NFL, that's probably a big difference. That's a huge difference in some people's eyes. When it comes to the MLB draft, I mean, we're here talking about, you know, was it should have been Machado, should have been Tyone, should have, you know what I mean? Like, there's all, always questions. And, you know, how many number one draft picks? Not a ton, but, like, don't make it, you know, and such. So it's somewhat of a crapshoot as well. I don't think that's a total, total punishment. I think the real punishment is the money that you're affected with. Well, just losing the draft slot. Dropping from one to three is major. And that's what I'm getting at. That, that to me, is the biggest yeah. issue. Not so much the actual player that you're getting. <clears throat> right. Yeah. <laughs> one other okay. one other piece here, if we're moving on from the draft. Yeah. Um, Major League Baseball is continuing to push for a 14-team playoff. I'm okay with this. I know people hate it. I don't care. I want to have something to watch in September. If the Pirates are at 75 wins, I want, I want to be in the playoffs. I don't care. I don't care if it waters it down. The game's already shitty enough. So here's my... I have no issue with watering the playoffs down. That's not... I. That's not an issue at all. My issue is... Yeah. My issue is if you're letting more teams into the playoffs, then it's just less you have to try. It's less you have to try to be good because you can be 500. You can just put out people and you're going to make the playoffs every once in a while. That's one thing I like about major league baseball playoffs is like you, you have to be a good team to get into the playoffs. Like you can't just luck your way into it. It doesn't happen, you know, maybe on in 60 game seasons. Right. But like over There's a been no seven and nine Washington football team making the playoffs in MLB. Yes. Yes. So like over 162 game season, the good teams make it. 
and the, the not good teams don't. Um, and, and, and so you have to try to win to get into the playoffs. You, you expand those that, that playoffs to 14 games and you're letting in half the league. Teams aren't going to try. Okay. There's no incentive to try. They're not trying now. But, but that's but we how do we get them to try? This doesn't get them to try. I this is where I just don't care about any of that. I just want to watch my team play competitive baseball in something that matters. And it's selfish and I don't care. I and think it does fine. two things. I, yeah. You know, I, I agree with Jim. Uh, like of course you do. No, no, I agree with both of you. I'm saying it does two things. Like I agree with Jim that you're gonna have those teams. We discussed this, I think, last year on Starbucks. Neil Huntington would love the the 12, 14, 16, how many playoff teams you want. He would love it because all you have to do is have a 500 baseball club. And if you get hot, then build upon it. And if you don't, we don't do too much. You just maintain that 500 and keep going. And I feel like this could do, just like a Jim saying, like you're not pushing all the chips in in the beginning. You're not saying we're going for the playoffs. You're saying, let's just have a 500 team. That's all you need to get to the. If you're seeing a 500, you know, in, in July, you can have a playoff push. So what I feel like is you'll have some teams settle, but what the positive thing is is you'll have some teams who weren't anticipating playoffs, who do get hot, who aren't quite there, but they're there, and now they're making a decision. Let's let's go for it. Whereas in the system right now, they're not doing it like at all. Or maybe let's not sell off our big piece. So unless you're the 20, let's, let's pirates, maintain. Then you, yeah, you that, that's a good part too. You're not a, you're not, you might not be a seller, but maybe not so much a buyer. You're just like, let's just kind of keep it and see what we're doing. Is kind of what you're saying. Right. Maybe add a few pieces here and there. The Neil Huntington special deadline. <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, I see both sides. I see, of course, what's ultimately good is having multiple cities in the playoffs, multiple fan bases. You know, like I I know a lot of people is with baseball, it's the Yankees, it's the the same teams over and over and over again. And if you expand upon it, you might be able to have some other teams find more success, some more fan bases, get into baseball more, and then you build that way. But the counterpoint, like Jim's saying, is you'll have some teams just kind of settle and chill and coast to the, you know, the the trade deadline, and then make their decision then if they want to go for it or not instead of December. Yeah, I see both ways. I see both sides. And as a fan, yeah, it would be great to be in more more playoff hunts, right? Um, but like, do you really want to be in a playoff hunt when you're like five games under 500? Yes. Like, does it, do, 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 is it really going to make things more interesting? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it, probably won, like, will, it probably games. will. It probably will. Like it probably, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've watched like the worst team of all time for like, three years. <laughs> But I mean, the team has been so bad they wouldn't be in the playoff hunt, anyways. Yeah, but that, maybe they would have tried this year a little bit. Well, yeah. I don't know about Probably that not. one, pal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Wade Miley would be wearing a pirate uniform. That could be. But the apparently the union, the players' union wants twelve. They 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 propose twelve. 
Um, MLB is pushing for 14. Um, MLB, uh, MLB also offered the universal DH, which I think that is one thing that will happen. Yes. Uh, I do believe in that. And I know why MLB wants 14, because ultimately, of course, money. But I feel like 12, I, I would be perfectly okay with 12. It's only adding one per league. Yeah, it's not, it's not like it, it's not egregious. 14 is essentially half the league. Like you got almost a 50 50 shot of getting into the playoffs every single year, in a sense, you know, right. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. To me, that's love it. That's also not, that's not great. I don't know. That, again, like there, the thing is, there are some things about baseball is what makes baseball good and nice. You know, trust me, you hear me about harping and changing and evolving and, you know, lo- looking forward and such, but there is things about baseball that make baseball baseball and why people appreciate it. And I understand all these reasons, but that is one of the things about baseball too, is like, you have to be good. Like Jim said, NBA, you don't NFL to a degree. You don't. The Steelers are in the playoffs. I'm sorry, guys, but the Steelers are in the playoffs. Like, you don't have to be good to be in the playoffs, <laughs> okay? So the thing about baseball is you have to be, and that's kind of what makes baseball good. So I want to try to at least maintain that while also forward-thinking, how do we get more fans involved, stuff like that. So 12 to me seems like that sweet spot. Let's stick to that, please. Not make it anymore. Let's go 20. <laughs> and if you're course, not then you're, in the, then you're in the lottery or you don't <laughs> get a draft no if you're not in it you don't <laughs> yeah. get a draft pick yeah <laughs> if you don't make the playoffs i like that one that's great just that's put, the just put everybody in the playoffs just put everybody in the playoffs just have it be like what was it basketball where they have like a 48 week long playoff <laughs> we'll get Let's to get out the, the base, playoffs on opening day the, the basketball <laughs> bracket you know what, Tyler? Indirectly, you're onto something there. If if there was no regular season, everything was just playoffs. It was a long ass playoff, right? Well, if you lose first round, I mean, maybe the playoffs are like three weeks, right? But if you lose first round, you only have three weeks of baseball games that year. As an owner, you only had three weeks of baseball games that year. Where's your money? So there's some incentive to be good. <laughs> And nobody's getting paid because they're just going to start paying them per game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Paid. Yeah. Everybody's a 1099 contractor. You're paid per job. <laughs> uh, so, by the way, Dave White does say he enjoyed the 97 Freak Show, as many people did. Yeah. I mean, that team had a lot. That was fun. And that was also totally... The, the entire NL Central was just garbage that year. So <laughs> I think the Astros won the division with 83 wins. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was a fun season throughout. Uh, it was a fun team. You know, you had kind of a mixture of young guys who probably shouldn't have been in the majors with some old guys who really weren't that good, but they were, they were like, they hovered around 500 the whole year. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fun. I remember that team. So I don't know. I just don't want everybody making the playoffs. Like, if everybody makes the playoffs, then what's the point of the season? You know, I, I, like, and, and I, mean, fe- I like the season. 
think about that. How many people do you know? I mean, it's almost like a saying that I don't even watch the NBA till the playoffs. The NBA is a great league. I mean, Adam Silver, Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, is hands down the best commissioner in sports. Just my personal opinion, whatever. But how many people say it? Like, well, NBA doesn't start until the playoffs. And that's basically true because of that. Adam Silver has no competition to be the best commissioner. (laughs) Isn't that sad, too? Like, you're supposed to be... (laughs) Like, you're annoyed. There's only four major leagues and... Three out of the four, just trash. Yeah, he's just it by default. Um, no, I'm, somehow... I'm the same way. I'm the same way with the Penguins. I mean, especially since they've gotten Sidney Crosby. Like, I'll I'll pay attention a little bit throughout the regular season, but you know, I'm not watching games religiously because I know the Penguins are going to make the playoffs. They've made the playoffs like 15 years in a row. It's just they're going to get in, and then when they get into the playoffs, then I watch every game. Um, but like the 82 game regular season is basically meaningless for, for me as a very casual penguins fan, because I just know that they're going to get in somehow. And then I'll start paying attention when the games matter. Yep. That's fair. And also you see in the the NBA, the regular season really doesn't matter the amount that stars rest anymore. (laughs) Which that wouldn't be a problem in the MLB. The Pirates love sitting their stars. That's true. Especially I don't like- know how much weight that has, but that's kind of a good point. Yeah. That that kind of yeah. you're not going to have all these like down to the wire races as much anymore. That's so meaningful. Like think about the NL West last year. Yeah, I mean like, the Padres would have see- been in. Yeah, the Padres would have been in. There wouldn't have been like I mean, they would have been in the beginning of the month, right? Um, there would have been no no issues there. The it does it, it is going to allow more teams to be in that race, but like it doesn't get very exciting for the teams at the top, right? So like your top teams, mm-hmm. not ex- regular season doesn't mean anything. How many games does Mookie Betts play in uh, in September? Like just enough just, to keep his bat alive, yeah. you know. Like you, you make play like every Greg other Popovich day. Yeah. is coming to MLB now, and he's just saying like we're just going to rush these these guys, and that's so also kind they, of a good point. So if they were to go to like twelve teams, I would hope they would do like a round robin for the three wild card spots. Kind of like how like ba- World Baseball Classic does it, where you kind of have like pools. Yeah, just well the three wild card teams. Have two of them put have them play each other, then the team that loses twice or whatever, however it works, is out. I don't hate that idea. The NBA did the NBA yeah. did something like it during the bubble. Yeah, I don't hate that idea. Yeah, the Instead NBA did that. Out like a, the NBA did that to like where they had instead of fourteen teams, they had like sixteen, didn't they? And they like played a double elimination turn like they played like a tournament between yeah. the bottom four or something yeah yeah because the lakers played the warriors i think yeah that's interesting i think with it, it, it was, was also easier, easier to do, do a, because easier doing a bubble because you don't have to travel right yeah. 
So it's easier to do it moving on from that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think the playoffs make a whole lot of sense. I think the draft makes some sense too. Like those are things I think both sides can agree on. They're there, but in the grand scheme of things, these are also smaller parts of what really needs to change. And that's what MLB hasn't touched. <laughs> so they're not going to, they're going to keep throwing out breadcrumbs. I fully believe that. And as I once stated that I was optimistic that the season will begin on time, no longer. I mean, it already took this long just to have their first meeting. And we saw the first meeting was really nothing. Nothing. Maybe we get replacement players and the Pirates might have a chance. You better start warming up, Pitching Inza. <laughs> I mean, we are now one month away. Yeah. February 14th well, from pitchers and catchers reporting. Right. Like, is this thing going to get done in 30 days? And, no. and, and and again, we talked about this on NS9 NFT for a little bit too for a second, but like mm-hmm. the players probably could get away. I mean, we hear them talk to bring Tyler to this site that they don't need this long of spring training. So like they probably could get away with two weeks. You know, I know like it's 30 days, but realistically it's probably closer to like 45 days that if this was done and they start at the end of February, beginning of March, we might be able to get baseball like on time. That's still cutting it super, super close. Yeah, man. I think you'd have to be done. You'd have to have a deal in place by March. Bless you. You have to have a deal in before, place by March. Like it has to be end of February almost. Yeah. To yeah. Like like before March hits, like deal has to be in place in order for season to start on time. Yeah. Yep. These poor pitchers. You just came off the COVID year. Then you had to ramp all the way back up last year. And then you're probably going to have a shortened season this year with no spring training. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and kind of just to that point, the one thing that just sucks about all of this, especially if you lose more games this year, like in 20, 2020, we had 60 games. So like you have... You, you have an individual right now in Major League Baseball whose statistics and the what he's done up to his point, this point in his career, like the only person who has come close to what he's doing is Mickey Mantle, right? You have, you have Mickey Mantle playing baseball right now, and he's like 31 years old now. And he only got to play 60 games in his 29-year-old season. Like, like – you've got the best player who who's like ever stepped on a baseball field and he's played how many games in the last two years. And then if you take out more games from this year, you know, how, it's just, and then I'm talking about Mike Trout, obviously, but you know, at the end oh. of Mike Trout's career, right. At the end of Mike Trout's career, you're going to look at like his counting stats, right. And, and, and things like that. And you're gonna be like, what could he have done if there was three full years of baseball and, and right in his prime, right? We're missing out on the on, on his prime. And so that kind of sucks. Like I hate that. Like as someone who just like really enjoys watching Mike Trout play baseball, like I love it. I, I love watching the Angels play late at night. He's the best baseball player I've ever seen. 
and just not being able to see him is it sucks <laughs> like it sucks as a baseball fan it's not good for baseball like you want mike trout to play as much as possible not to mention he was hurt half of last year <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> And that is what sucks because, yeah, part of it was that. But the other thing is, like, how Jim's getting to is, like, what could have been, and none of it was his fault. You know, like, he just, mm-hmm. as they joke, like, you ran out of time on the clock, and that's why we lost. Like, he just ran out of games to play. Like, they didn't let him play. That's why he couldn't hit this milestone or whatever. Like, it, like there's going to be something mm-hmm. that Mike Trout doesn't hit. And you're going to look back and be like, well, if, if you know, if mom and dad would have got their shit together, you know, he would have been able to <laughs> get hit number 3,300, <laughs> whatever it is. Now he's on 30, you know, whatever. But I just yeah, don't I mean, yeah, like, what it, if it sucks? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it could just be something like, you know, a 600 home run or something like that. It's like, on 599. Short of that. But, you know, he would have easily, you know, easily cleared that. Um, or, you know, if we're just counting his war, like, if we're just if we're just counting his war and it's like okay well you know he finished second in war you know among people not named barry bonds instead of first and that was because you know he missed this these games right like that would just suck so that's my little mike trout trade tangent there so and see, i, I think see. the same about yeah. juan soto you know it just stinks stinks because what he's going to end up doing in the year 2040 we're going to look back and be like, well, you know, he lost his COVID season and then this season too. It's like, you know, as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, like he could have done all this stuff and he he didn't get that opportunity. And that's why he missed out on hit 4,500. <laughs> Shut up, Tyler. Good Lord. But anyways, to, to move on, yes. So it is cool that they came together. Great. Wasn't expecting much. Was maybe expecting hopefully a little more than this. But let's go ahead and pivot this. Let's get into the prospect stuff. Let's get going Pirates. So January 15th, the 2001-2002, air quotes 2001-2002, international signing begins. Are we excited about this? There looks to be a couple of players that Pittsburgh's probably going to sign. It's all potential right now, but it does look that it's going going to happen. Um, And if you... I guess we'll look at MLB Pipeline because Pipeline wants to be the the all-inclusive prospect list for people's salaries. If you want to include Pipeline, they have them both in the top 13. Now I got to look at it to be sure. I I was looking at uh, Baseball America. um, (laughs) Which doesn't have one of them on it at all. Which doesn't have one of them on it. Well, well, that's because Baseball America was ranking them by... Baseball America was ranking them by estimated uh, bonuses. Yep. And so Blanco wasn't on that list because he was expected to go to the Rays. Turns out it seems like the Pirates are now like, hey, we're going to offer you more money. Um, So he's now expected to sign with the Pirates. So he may get into that list. I mean, it's it's rumored that he's going to sign for a million dollars. If he signs for a million dollars, he'll be in the top 50 as far as international prospects go, um, you know, with bonuses, but yeah. Uh, looking at MLB pipelines list, uh, Tony Blanco is ranked number 11. Uh, Jordani De Los Santos is ranked number 12. Yep. 
I mean, based on that list, well, that's pretty good stuff. To get the you know two guys in the top twelve, two top prospects. I mean, I understand some people like to look at this and be like, "Well, he's not the number one prospect. He's not the number two, number eleven, number twelve prospect." It's pretty good stuff. From I mean, so far what I've seen in Charrington, he had a nice nice year last year. Well, the last Can't signing period, I should say. Um, so for what we saw, you know, so it's, it's nice seeing Pittsburgh baseball getting back internationally, but also what I want to say to it is the fact that they're also going again, respectively saying love 11 and 12, they're going for higher end talent. Like we've never really seen this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you think last year, um, Shailen Polanco was the team's biggest international signing, um, he was the number 11 prospect on this list last year. So, you know, there was a pretty big deal made about Polanco being signed. I think he had the largest signing bonus by a pirate international player um, that wasn't um, from like, like as far as like from the, from like Latin America and not like Mexico or, you know, some Japan or one of those places that he wasn't playing baseball yeah Yeah, so so as far as so as far as this year they're expecting to sign two players who were you know you could look at as the caliber of shalen polanco that's uh you know that's that's substantial very it's tony blanco looks like a huge guy they're 16 16 years old. He's six five. He looks like he's a cheeseburger away from being an offensive lineman. It's a big dude. He is is a a cheeseburger away from being an offensive lineman. I I don't know how to yeah, like it's one of those things where like you look like you're 16, you're 6'5, 230, but then you're also like, well, damn, you're 16, you're 6'5 and 230, you know? Right, right. Uh, are so, you I mean, using Jose Tabata's guy for the birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> I am 12. <laughs> so, so he's someone who, you know, maybe you get him into the system, you work him out and he gets, he just turns into a monster. Right. Um, De Los Santos discovers McDonald's. Right. Yeah. De Los Santos seems to be um, a really good defensive shortstop from from all accounts um and so it's just going to be a matter of you know can the hitting progress right um it's hard to hard to project 16 year olds and on what they're going to do but uh it sounds like you know defensively he's a shortstop which is always good it's one of those things that it's good to get cautiously optimistic about it and it's good that they're Signing potential high-end talent. People got to pump the brakes a little bit here. They're 16. Oh, let's yeah. not use <laughs> let's let's not use baseball or MLB pipelines future value on a 16-year-old, please. No, don't. They're do that. they're gonna slide into like maybe top 30 prospects in the organization. Let's let's wait till they're 18. See where we're at. I mean, yes. Yeah. I guess for those who need that perspective, That's let's put it that way. Directing it to. Then yes, you know, this isn't like okay, you got the number eleven prospect 
woohoo. The, the, I mean, if we talk about the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, the international, all this is. But the same token, I mean, this is how you get your Acunas, Sotos, you know, Tatises. I mean, like, this is where they come from. And if you're able to go ahead and do this, you know, you can build a team. So they're definitely, and I guess that's why I want to say perspective, because there are a lot of people who just like, this is meaningless. This is dumb. Don't care about it. I think there's merit to it. Like you should. Like I mean, trust me. I love the international. <laughs> Give me all the international dollars, right? Say it all the time and time again. So I love this, but at the same token, it's not as if anything here is guaranteed. Because to your point, Tyler. Yes, they're 16. Like they're not even 18 or 19. They're 16. You have no idea where this kid's going to be. But there's pedigree. There's a chance. There's opportunity. You see stuff. You can get Juan Soto for 1.3 million dollars. You got Juan Soto in your, you know, in your pipeline now. Which, by the way, since we're talking about now, do you want to go back? Because uh, there was a question. We can get to it now or later. But there was a question about what our thoughts are on an actual international draft and not so much the bonuses. Which, by the way, to put it out there, just so people do know, the Pirates do have the largest pool at 6262 Million dollars. They're there with the Diamondbacks, Orioles, Guardians. That might be the first time I said on the show. Rockies, Royals, Pirates, mm-hmm. Padres, and Cardinals. So they do have the most to spend. And we do see there's they're going after two top end talents, which is kind of cool to see. So so far we do kind of see some merit in Charrington, right? Going that route, opposed to no Huntington was spread it, spread it, spread it. But what are your thoughts on the way it is right now or a potential draft? I don't know. That's a good question. That I don't really have the answer to, unfortunately. It sounds great in theory because Latin America is the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. And we know of all, we've all heard the stories of what happens. I mean, just look up Miguel Sano. Yeah. And an international draft probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but it's also just another way to cap spending. So Ethan, Ethan loves you already because he already put that in the chat, right? It's another way, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll say this. Maybe I'll talk first while you guys got your thoughts because Ryan and I have discussed this before in the past. Um, I've always felt to be weird that one side's a draft, but then one side you can just sign whomever, you know, and how they're not like you know you the same. Like if you have a draft, you have a draft. And so if you're not going to have them together, then why you don't just have an international draft with your amateur draft? I don't understand why they'd be different. But also at the same point in time, when we had those discussions, that's when it was more structured. You can spend whatever, right? You can give your sixty million dollars to Moncado and call it a day. And there's teams like the Pirates who just can't compete with that. So that's why you had teams right now, like the Pirates, like would want to fight maybe for a draft because we can't compete and give $60 million to a 16 year old kid. Um, I think with the way it's structured now helps. I think it's, 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 it's now fair, really put out there. Like no one really has an advantage. Um, but to your point, it is still capped. You know, you say about restricting salaries, but it is capped. So couldn't you theoretically just have the same bonus pool money and just divide it up the way it's divided up? 
and you just have the draft to do it? The whole thing would need to be overhauled just based upon these guys getting signed at 16. It would. I just I, I just bring it up to, it was a question asked, but I'll just say, I'm not saying mm-hmm. one's right or wrong. Um, yeah. The way it's structured now, I don't think is that big of a deal anymore as it once was, because again, you had the Red Sox and Dodgers just cleaning up, but I have always just found it odd that they're different. I think we're asking the wrong question. Why don't we eliminate the draft in America? Gee, you're just like pandering to Ethan here. What are you trying to get out of Ethan? <laughs> what is it? Did he, did he Ethan, keep an eye on this kid right now. Look at uh, look at Tyler becoming all pro. Pro spending. I like it. I'm pro Pirates being good. Whatever it takes. Well, the draft will help the Pirates what? be good. <laughs> right. So, well, if they have a bonus pull, then you never know. Maybe they get more money for being bad. What has COVID done to you? They have a bonus. They have a bonus pool right now. Yeah, but I mean, and now they can spend it on whoever they want. Yeah, but instead of being limited to a couple guys who are available to them when they pick. Yeah, but if we let them sign whoever they want and they have the fourth pick, then. Let's just throw our money at the good guy. You're also failing to realize that those players can sign whatever they want. Yeah. It's a two-way and street now. Be... So I think my thing here, I, I I see both sides, right? I see the, you know, especially with the way it is now where you have this amount of money that you can spend, Right. Uh, it, it is capped to an extent, right? Jason Dominguez, the Yankees basically spent their entire international bonus pool back in 2019 on Jason Dominguez, right? But if there was no cap, I'm sure as hell, you know, say that Jason Dominguez would have signed for more than $5.1 million because they could have spent whatever. Every team could have spent whatever they wanted on him. Um, instead of the Yankees just saying, you know what, you just get our entire bonus slot pool, right? Um, so it, it is capped now, but like what what it does, if you were to put in a draft, are those elite talents like a Jason Dominguez, where let's say Jason Dominguez is the first overall pick, but you know you only have this much money to spend and you've got to spread it out over 10 draft picks or whatever, actually in, in, in the international period i mean gosh you got to fill up the pirates have to fill up a dsl one and a dsl two team they've got you know they probably got 100 people there at their academy so like how many people or how many rounds are these drafts going right um but i mean yeah all you're doing is limiting the salary like does jason dominguez get a 5.1 million dollar signing bonus if he's just the first overall pick in the international draft probably not i mean you, you just mentioned the pirates have the highest pool and what's it at six six something, six point three, yeah. So there, I mean, five point one million dollars isn't going to to the first pick, and then the other one going to the next hundred. Um, <laughs> I guess if you did that, you'd just be giving everybody like ten bucks. Like <laughs> it's just not <laughs> going to work that way. So I would like to have it go back to the way it was before. I don't think we'll ever see that ever because there's no way the owners are going to say, hey, let's spend more money, right? Because um, the Pirates broke it. 
So they're going to do everything they can to limit salary. So I could see, I could see them agreeing to international drafts. Um, I think both sides would be fine with that because the players association is fine with spending less money uh, on the international bonuses, because then that's more money for their members. Um, they're fine with limiting draft spending because that's more money to, to devote towards major league baseball. So that's something that both sides would probably be fine for. I think we probably see it one day. I think, I think it's something that does happen eventually. I don't think it really overall will affect too many things though, other than those like elite, elite talents. And even those people, I mean, if they, maybe you see Jason Dominguez, right? If a player like Jason Dominguez, you know, if he wants to sign for a lot of money, maybe you see him like move to Florida his senior year of high school or something like that. But yeah, but then he's got to wait till he's 18 until he's until instead of 16. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know how it would affect things long term. Um, but I, I could see it happening for sure. Yep. The other part is you're kind of incentivizing losing, depending on how you determine the draft. We're back to that. Right. You have like two top end talents. To, yeah. Someone's like having two true. number one draft picks. If there's a really, really good international and amateur. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point too. You're getting like a one, one and one point two. Or do you just say, hey, you know what? There's one draft and you can pick anybody in the world. <laughs> that statement becomes so literal. <laughs> you know, one there's one draft. Everybody in the world is eligible. You can draft anybody in the world. Who do you want? Right. I guess you could do it that way. I feel like that's the way it ends up going. Because I don't know how you can have two separate drafts. And then plus the rule five draft. Too many drafts. I don't need more drafts. Then you got the minor league portion of the rule yeah, five. Draft. I don't need all that. Then you got double, you got the triple A and the double A, you know, versions. Yeah. Right. That might realistically be it then. It might just be one giant draft instead of two. And are you waiting until they're 18 to be eligible? I mean, is a kid in America going to go to Latin America? So oh, I guess. Be eligible so, then, so then that's what you could have. You, you've you got like Bryce Harper could say, you know what? I'm going to move. I'm going to, I'm going to move to the Dominican Republic. I'm going to move to Punta Cana for a little bit here, play in the Dominican Republic. And then I can get drafted at 16 now instead of waiting until I'm 18. It's like the reverse of like the ball family. Like instead of playing in Europe, <laughs> right, right yeah. to bypass yeah. college and be professional, like you're going to school internationally at a young age to be eligible to be drafted. <laughs> Could you? How wild is that? Could you imagine moving to the Dominican at 16 just so you can get drafted in MLB <laughs> and get paid? Well, you. Well, what <laughs> if like I mean, what if like IMG Academy just opened up like a Dominican yes. Academy? Yeah, you know, oh, that would be it. Then that, I mean, that that would be the move, right? IMG would be like, all right, we're opening up IMG Santo Domingo, right? And so all your elite athletes and who play baseball, they go down there at age 14 or 15 or 16 or whatever, and then they're eligible to be drafted at age 16 out of the Dominican because they went to high school at IMG Santo Domingo. I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't done that just to – I don't know if they'd be eligible for the international signing at that point, but I'm surprised someone hasn't found a way around that. I just came up with a really good idea, didn't I? 
I think what you did. I mean, I started it. Was quickly find us the unintended consequences of having a one draft, and now that's yeah. not going to happen because of literally what you just said. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, you could fix it pretty easily by just making them be eighteen or completing. Well, you can't well, eliminate high school. That eliminates the international draft then. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. I, so I guess all to me, the thing is we're indifferent. There's no, <laughs> that got nowhere. <laughs> because someone smarter than even the people in the MLB would have to figure it out because those people in the MLB are stupid. I mean, let's not set the bar at MLB. Yeah, let's, let's go a little higher. Yeah, someone smarter than them would have to figure Ethan, it out. Ethan, figure it out. <laughs> well, we already know what let's he's going to say. Ethan can be put in charge. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's good. Let's just do that. That works. Ethan thinks you should be able to be signed at 14 in America. Then you're breaking child labor laws. Like, I don't know how that works. Those are just he dumb laws as well. That's just restricting. That's just <laughs> restricting wages. That's ageism. <laughs> child labor laws just restrict your earning ability as a 14 year old. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> It's dumb. It's terrible. Get it out of the system. You really think that Ethan yeah. believes in child labor laws? Come on. <laughs> Is it? He's like, this This one's two weeks old already. Come on. I'm already working on its, on its plan right now. Ethan's baby is his intern. <laughs> right? We're going to have team sign him former major leaguers babies that break out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's get this back onto the prospects. Uh, <laughs> we'll definitely a tangent here, but if there's anything more to really talk about these two guys, uh, I mean, I, just again, just my point of view, these, I mean, I like it. I'm worried about the size on one, but again, like right now, this point in time, they're 16 years old. The six, allegedly, six, five, 230 does both. It excites me and worries me. But it could ultimately not matter at the end of the day. But like if this guy ends up being like this monster who like if you're getting like the next Aaron Judge, right? Hopefully what we think O'Neill Cruz might be or something like if this is that next dude who just comes up here and like is just a beast and a mammoth and can just mash home runs all day. Cool. But then he also could just flame out but that's what you're getting in the international prospect like that's what we're getting out of them but again like everything so yeah. far it's tantalizing it, it excites it, me I'm, I'm happy he's a pirate and we'll find out it's funny because pipelines write-ups of these people <laughs> are just so Harold above Reynolds wrote them up right <laughs> like i mean this guy he's six three six five two thirty <laughs> they're saying he's got a 50 run tool I, I don't believe that. Um, how, how? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're saying here, you know, he's got good bat speed, tons of raw power with 40-plus homer potential, advanced strike zone awareness, and pitch recognition beyond his years. Like, they're making this kid sound like he's the next Vlad Jr. Um, they give him a 55 overall future value. I don't know if anybody on fan graphs – in the Pirates organization has a 55 Davis does. future value. Okay, so Henry Davis. One. one. The, the number one pro... The one. Oh. 
draft pick <laughs> so in the number one pick in major league baseball fan graphs puts it at 55 um and and mlb pipeline saying the 16 year old who ranked 11th <laughs> is just as good <laughs> Everyone, so yeah let's, already let's said it. they're, they're gonna yeah. change it and like as soon as the signings go official oh yeah right because like what was Polanco? Polanco was probably the same last year. I mean, well, just to, just to kind of stop you there. So I'm um, just scrolling down. I'm at number twenty eight overall, fifty five. I'm at twenty nine fifty. Okay, fifty. So number twenty one, twenty nine prospect is is fifty. So we have twenty eight Henry Davises internationally. <laughs> <laughs> everybody gets one. Grade. Yeah, everybody gets a Henry Davis. <laughs> right. That's just dumb. Yeah. Like, what's what's the good in even grading them at that point? They get people like us talking. I guess. But I mean, yeah, as I said, th- those are to be taken with a pretty giant grain of salt, right? Um, you know, their their write up of Polanco last year said that, uh, you know, that he has a very good feel for the strike zone. Well, he struck out. 25% of the time in the Dominican Summer League, you know, facing 16 year old pitchers who can't throw strikes hardly. Um, so, yeah, 284. Not according percentage. to their write ups, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, not, it's, it's just not, not really happening. I mean, most, some of these guys will pan out, right? So, like, let's go back five years, right? Let's go to 2016. And I just want to like show you this list, right? So in 2016, out of the top 10 players on Pipeline's list, I don't think any of these players are in the majors. Well, they'd only be 21 now. 21, 22, 22, 21. Okay. So let's even go back. So they're one. Let's go to 2015. So these guys are 22, 24, 25, 23. There is Vlad Jr. and Christian Pache. So two out of the top 10 have made the majors. One, obviously, is really good. One hasn't been able to hit yet. The other ones, I don't think any of these guys are even on top 100 lists. I, I don't know who these people are now, Lucius Fox. I know, but he's not a top hundred prospect. I don't think so I, not yeah. anymore. Gilberto Celestino did debut last year, but so I guess three, I'll take that back. Three out of the top 10 have made the major. And neither of these guys are top 10. Right. So and once like, again, pump the brakes. So I'm on Baseball America, and I'm looking by bonuses because that's what they go by. And like you mentioned, Fox, number one, he got $6 million from the Giants. Um, Vlad Guerrero, number four, 3.9 from the Blue Jays. And then there's nothing, nothing until you hit Juan Soto at 15 for 1.5, which I thought was 1.3. I was off by 200. And then Pache... Andres Jimenez, Amaya, Cruz. So yeah. Jimenez has debuted, but yeah. 
but that's again like that's just the thing it's it's a crapshoot but yeah but that's so like I said, that's a, also the same time yeah. how you can land yeah. a Juan Soto I mean there is some real talent there that you can get or a Vlad Jr. for yeah. cheap relatively speaking for cheap I mean again Juan Soto even look at Fox at six million dollars I mean like that's the number one draft pick I know it didn't work out but like you're talking about you got Juan Soto for 1.5 million like you got Vlad Jr. for four point I'm sorry for 3.9 million I mean, you can get yourself future MVP type of caliber player. Right. I mean, you, you can, right. You can get, you can get the next Juan Soto. You can get the next Vlad Jr. Or you can get the next Lucius Fox. Who's an exciting player. He's an exciting player. He's just can't hit. (laughs) Shout out to the Bahamas though. That pipeline's getting stronger. Shout out to the Bahamas. They are. I mean, you got Jazz, right? Or was Jazz from Bahamas? Yep. yep. So, yeah. Shout out Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right. So that pretty much wraps up our MLB draft, MLB international draft, MLB, MLB PA talks. <laughs> we kind of went all over the place today. Uh, and these prospects... Uh, so I guess, I mean, with that said, we've been going on for a bit of time. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Go Steelers. Yeah, it's I want to go into the Super Bowl. Here we go. There we go. Um, yeah, go Steelers. And uh, yeah, well, I- I'm excited about these international picks, like these international signees. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, just temper expectations a little bit. That's all. Get excited. All looks like, listen, get, get excited. You yeah. should be excited. Oh, this yeah. is cool stuff. Yeah. Be ex- In perspective be of the international draft, like of what's happening on the draft, international signing period. Like this is cool that the pirates are doing this. I mean, I, I, We've only gotten to see a little bit of Charrington in this in this area, and it's once again he's looks like he's going for top end talent. Like he's spending the money in doing so. So it's cool. It's just also at the same time, pump it and not, you know, I'm already waiting. Like we're going to see it like, oh my God, the Pirates, like it's, they're 16. They got two years until they're legal. (laughs) And then they got like, like you're not like, it's possible. It's possible. Now, honestly, the way Charrington's trending, even though we, we give him his hate here and there, it is possible that Charrington doesn't even see these players in the MLB. He might not be on the Pirates. Like, it is possible. That's how long it's going to take for these guys to get to the majors. So just chill. Just chill. But be excited, like you said. Be excited. But yeah, you're, these players are six years away, for the most part. Five, right. six years away, at, at best. At the very least, it's a good step. They might actually it just is. be trade pieces. <laughs> They'll be trade pieces for the uh, the 2024 World Series champions for the for the player that they get for Reynolds to take place. They yes. trade him. All right, I'm not going on that road. All right, let's let's get out of here. <laughs> it's about to get bad. Um, all right, so we'll be back next Thursday with a special guest. Talk some zips. If that doesn't disappoint you. So, yeah, we'll talk some zips. Uh, And we'll see you guys then. Bye-bye.
Peace out, Girl Scouts. See you guys.